You're listening to the Lessons in Real Estate Show, sponsored by Mission First Capital, bringing real estate investment deals for active duty and veteran investors. Your host, Anthony Pinto, searched land, air, and sea to find military investors just like you investing in multifamily and commercial real estate, both active duty and veterans. Hear their stories, learn their lessons, and be inspired by the obstacles they have overcome on their path to financial freedom. Whether you are overseas or stationed at home, if you want to get started as a military real estate investor, this is the show for you. And now your host, Anthony Pinto. I'm so excited to have you guys here today on the revamped new and improved version of the Lessons in Real Estate show. I wanted to refocus on my mission here in life uh, with this podcast, and that is to help teach and inspire 1 million military members and veterans to achieve financial freedom through real estate. And as a part of the March to a Million campaign, my call is to show you the path to freedom of time and money, whether you intend to stay in for 20 years or get out next year. And so listen to the stories of fellow military members and investors just like you struggling, overcoming, and achieving success in multifamily real estate, and even some of them doing it while active duty, and really dig into their lessons learned, as well as their failures on their path to success. Uh, But you came here for the show, so let's get to it. Hello, learners, and welcome to another edition of the Lessons in Real Estate show. I'm your host, Anthony Pinto, and today we are continuing our rookie real estate series with real estate uh, military investors who are, you know, are making it big, but they're making it big and, uh, you know, just off the bat and starting off. And today we have Adrian Chukliangi. He is a Coast Guard officer, aspiring apartment syndicator, and a husband and a father. And excited to hear how his journey is, is going for him so far. So Adrian, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I love, I love talking with guys who are, uh, uh, you know, relatively early in their journey because it's uh, takes me back to, to what it's like and you know the challenges of, of getting your business up and running and and you know juggling that while still being active duty um, you know or essentially just beginning your your career. So um, let's let's start there. You know what what's your military background? You know it's not it's not too often that I I run into a Coast Guard officer. So I'm I'm curious. Yeah, no, for sure. We're definitely uh, a small branch. So. Uh... Uh, yeah, so I went to the Coast Guard Academy and graduated in 2017. And then uh, my first uh, assignment was as a deck watch officer on board Coast Guard Cutter Thetis uh, out of Key West, Florida. And we did the uh, law enforcement, drug interdiction, uh, and migrant interdiction uh, missions. And then after two years, transferred to uh, Hawaii at District 14, where I was in the law enforcement office as the District 14 boat manager. Um, and during that assignment, my wife and I started talking about aviation and got more serious about it. And, uh, I submitted my application and here I am now just arrived with my family here in Pensacola, Florida, uh, awaiting training. So, um, under the Navy right now. So, uh, it's been a unique experience and, uh, got to meet a bunch of, uh, other students and get to share in their camaraderie so uh but also get to kind of share my coast guard background with them so it's been it's exciting it's been exciting and just uh we're really happy to be here absolutely absolutely and uh and the coast guard academy is up in um connecticut right yes new london Cross- connecticut. Cross- yep Cross- okay. area. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So you were probably, let's see, I went to sub school in 2000, uh, gosh, 2014. So you would have probably been there when I was up, up at the, uh, up at uh, the base there in Groton. It was yeah, it was, yeah, it was a uh, shoot third class cadet in 2014. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a small world. Yeah. We, we may have yeah. run into each other at some point in time there. Probably. Uh, <laughs> So, so interesting. Okay. So what, uh, what made you decide to, uh, you know, kind of want to switch over to, you know, obviously the, the better maritime force over at the Navy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was in my float assignment at first and, uh, just kind of saw the challenges of building uh, a family, uh, in the afloat community. And so I was like, ah, oh, I should you know, look into other career paths. And then, uh, you know, jumped over to the response ashore uh, career path that I was at in Hawaii. And uh, I really enjoyed that and enjoyed the uh, other officers and their backgrounds that were uh, in that community. Um, but I saw, um, I saw the need uh, in the Coast Guard for aviators. Uh, and I saw also just the, the, uh, the family-minded community uh, of, of the Asian, aviation community and just the ability to uh, <clears throat> you know, be, be more home while, while you're in the Coast Guard. And so uh, my, my wife definitely appreciated that. And uh, she, she, was, uh, she was about it. So we made the jump. And uh, yeah, excited to, excited to see where it takes us. Absolutely. So, you know, um, like I said, my, my experience is rather limited with Coast Guard. So what, what type of flying opportunities are there in the Coast Guard for, your, for you to be able to do? Yeah, so there's rotary wing and fixed wing. And uh, on the rotary side, you have 65s and 60s. Um, and then on the fixed wing side, you have uh, C-130s and HC-144s. Um, and so a lot of the missions that uh, aviation uh, kind of is responsible for is uh, the search and rescue mission, um, the drug interdiction mission, and then a lot of it is also logistics and uh, you know cargo transport. Um, but there's, there's a bunch of missions, uh, that, that they're involved in. Interesting. So what, uh, what type of aircraft do you want to end up flying? I'm hoping to do fixed wing, uh, force just based on, uh, the locations of, of, you know, primarily located in the, in the Gulf area. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, uh, that would be my goal is, uh, HC 144s. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay. Got it. No, that's exciting, man. That's exciting to, you know, um, have a, a wide breadth of experience like you've had. Cause it's, uh, you know, where you are, what, uh, two, three years out from, uh, you know, from graduation, it's, you know, this is kind of the beginning for some people's careers, right. They may not have even gotten to their, to their submarine or their boat yet or their squadron yet. Right. For that matter. Um, right. you know, gosh, I remember it took me, let's see, I graduated in 2014. It took me until the beginning of 2016, so I was almost a lieutenant, uh, JG by then, by the time I even got to my, my first command. So, uh, okay. you know, it's, it, it's crazy how much experience you've already had in your, you know, two years or so. And, and then now jumping into, into uh, being a pilot. I think that's, that's amazing. Uh, so kudos to you there for, you know, taking that plunge. Cause I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure it's you know, not necessarily too common to, uh, to take the path that you've taken. Oh, thank you. It's, I, Definitely have enjoyed the opportunity so far. And uh, I mean, one of my summer assignments uh, at the academy is when I got to meet my wife. So the Coast Guard has uh, brought me a lot. <laughs> so 
Absolutely. Awesome. No, I, I love to hear it. And it sounds like you're very, um, you know, driven towards family and mission and, uh, um, you know, your, your campus ministry. So um, does that, let's, let's talk about that kind of aspect of it. And, um, and, you know, kind of your outside of the military experience that you've had and how that's kind of led you into real estate. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, definitely, you know, taking a step back and thinking about, you know, what I want in life. Uh, and a lot of that was, uh, you know, centered on uh, giving back in terms of serving my church in regards to uh, campus ministry. Uh, while I was at the Coast Guard Academy, we had uh, Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Uh, they had missionaries on campus and really uh, challenged me to live on a more authentic level, especially uh, as my growth as a, as a man. And so, that really changed the trajectory of my life uh, in regards to the faith side. And uh, we've had pretty great opportunities uh, between my wife and I to uh, lead, whether it's middle school students or high school students through uh, youth ministry or um, high school, young adult uh, campus ministry um, during our first couple assignments uh, in Key West and then Hawaii. And uh, I think you know, it, it really connects to real estate because we we see that financial freedom as in the ability to be able to uh, serve uh, in a more intentional way where we can give more of our time back, um, you know, to to some faith-based organizations that we're passionate about. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's all connected between uh, the faith side and the real estate side as well as the military and family side. So... <laughs> No, I, I think that's uh, I think it's tremendous and amazing that you've you've um, you're leveraging your freedom of your your financial freedom to have more freedom of time and and it sounds like freedom of schedule to uh, give back you know more than um, you know go explore or uh, you know just have more money in general. I think it's uh, it's very noble the path that you're that you're going down here and you're, you're kind of why behind uh, behind everything you're doing. Um, so so let's get into you know the actual real estate part of this um you know you you joined the uh you know the adpi crew in you know 2020 and uh you know you're you're focused on raising capital and building out your team and being a general partner so um you know, that's uh seems to be a common path for a lot of people uh you know when they first get started is, is focusing on raising capital and bringing people together what uh what type of challenges have you found so far um you know with getting started on this journey now that's a great question i think the biggest challenge for me and probably a lot of other investors is working through mindset and uh, just the limiting beliefs that uh, are just natural to have just being human. Um, you know, I, I think as a, as a military member and as a, as a husband and father, knowing, knowing the different time demands that I have, I, I, I tend to have those doubts where like, Oh, like Adrian, you can't do this or, you know, you don't have the time to, to get this done. Um, or, you know, you need to focus elsewhere. Um, and so just kind of working through those self-limiting beliefs and, uh, you know, just really believing that, um, you know, I can take action in order to, uh, get, take steps closer to, uh, you know, what my goals are and what, you know, our family's dreams are. Um, 
And so I think, I think that's like the hardest piece for sure. Just getting started, especially just not having, uh, you know, a track record or experience or having deals under my belt, like just being able to say like, yes, I can do this. Um, so I think that's, that's the challenge. And I think, I think we all work through it at, at, you know, at different points in our, uh, investing careers and especially for us getting started. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. Now as, as a, a, a rookie, I totally, I totally get that. Um, you know, the, the lemming, the beliefs can, uh, you know, whether you have all the resources and everything available to you already, those limiting beliefs can make or break you actually getting started or even doing well in, uh, in real estate or really in business in general. Right. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be the, the first to, to comment that it's, it is difficult to run a business like this, uh, while <laughs> active duty, while having a family, much less while being overseas. So, uh, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely relate to, you know, the challenges you're going through. Um, but you know, they, they are beliefs that I think, like you said, everyone has when they first get started and, uh, you know, they, everyone gets over them in their own, in their own ways, uh, or maybe never get over them. So th- that being said, you know, given the limiting beliefs that you have, these kind of common, uh, um, I guess you can sum it up to almost imposter syndrome. Like, Hey, I don't, you know, who am I to be doing this? Like what experience <laughs> do I have? Why would people trust me? Um, you know, do I even trust myself? Do we even have the time to do this? So, so how are you kind of pushing through those, those barriers uh, in your head to, uh, you know, to, to succeed and get ahead here? I think one huge resource has been the ADPI multifamily mastermind. Just surrounded by other active members or other middle spouses or, you know, retired military members who understand uh, the military grind and who are also pursuing multifamily investing while, you know, having families, you know, while having marriages um, and seeing them do it definitely is encouraging and helps me to, you know, push past those and to, you know, really kind of step back and say like, you know, Adrian, you're just in your own head. And so that's definitely been a huge help having, having that group and just having those, uh, the coaches that are in there. Um, And then also just kind of, you know, being able to take, take a step back and, you know, take a break if you need to, and then pick it back up, you know, not really, you know, putting everything down, but just, you know, taking a pause uh, and then, and then, and then picking it back up. So. I love it. Yeah. I, I love that. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to get bogged down on the things that are going wrong when, you know, you're spending 10 hours a day on top of your, you know, 20 hour job that you're run, you're doing. And, you know, wanting to spend time with family and stuff, it's easy to get bogged down on, uh, you know, the negative things that are happening in your life. But I think that's great that you're kind of taking, taking a step back and resetting occasionally and giving yourself time to you know, process and, and, uh, um, give yourself time to just, to just be and let it happen instead of having to go, go, go all the time. Um, so I think, I think that's awesome to, to push ahead through that. Um, you know, have you, have you had any, um, I guess, breakthroughs or, or, or experience that you've pulled from your military background that's kind of helped you push and overcome these challenges so far? Yeah, I think, I think definitely there are, you know, times from my military background that have, have helped out a lot. I think, uh, you know, one of them that comes to mind, you know, right away about standing, um, you know, double, double four hour watches, maybe at weird times, uh, at night or in the early morning, 
on the, on the ship that I was on, um, you know, while working a, a law enforcement case, um, where maybe some of our watchstanders got pulled to, um, you know, go, go do another part of the, of the mission at hand. And so being able to kind of like, uh, take over some of their responsibility on top of, you know, what you're doing. And so I think the military, uh, throws at, throws a lot at us and, uh, you know, has that expectation that the mission is going to get done. And, you know, I think the human, uh, spirit and the human brain kind of finds a way to, you know, make something happen and to, and, you know, there's always, there's always a way. And so, um, I think that's helped with me just, uh, you know, something, something simple, like, uh, you know, maybe I'm waking up an hour or two before, you know, so I can spend that time, um, you know, trying to educate or, or to work on, uh, something for uh, the investment side. So, uh, just being able to have that flexibility and adaptability that the military instills in us and, uh, I think, I think it goes a long way for sure. I want, I want to hit on two things that you said there. Cause I think it's, um, it's really a testament to, you know, in my opinion, why I think military investors are military act and vets are the best sort of investors and, you know, um, or really businessmen in general. And, uh, the first point is, is resourcefulness. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, like I said, it's easy to get down when everything's going, you know, against you and going wrong. Um, and when you don't think you have time and all this, but I, I think that that's, um, one thing that the military does really well is like giving you limited resources, giving you limited time right. and telling you to get a mission done. <laughs> and, uh, it's very mission oriented and, you know, it relies you, it, um, it almost forces you to rely on other people, to rely on other commands, to rely on other people's experiences and time um, and energy to, you know, get it, get a job done. Cause it's, it's not always you as an individual that can get the things done that need to get done. Right. It's a, um, it's a much larger view. It's a much larger world, uh, you know, mission that's going on and you're in kind of a piece, a small piece in all of that. But I think it's, uh, I, I think it's amazing that, um, you know, we're, we're able to, to have that same level of resourcefulness and, and training, regardless if you're in the air force or, you know, the Navy or the, or even the coast guard. Right. Um, and the second thing I, I would say is, is, uh, you know, if you're a new learner listening to this is that, um, you may have a lot of these same kind of thoughts like, Oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have money. I don't have, you know, I want to spend time with my family. I have all these ob- all other obligations, but if you're truly passionate about what you want to do, uh, whether that's starting a new hobby or getting into business or, you know, real estate investing, you'll find time for it. And it's, uh, it's something that I've had to tell myself over and over and over again, as, as I find the same kind of living um, beliefs in terms of the, the time specifically that I have. Uh, but you know, you make it work. And uh, if you, if it's truly something that's important in your life, you'll make time for it and you'll make it a priority. So I wanted to hammer on those, on those two points. Cause I think it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I agree with that hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. So, um, so what, let's kind of get into, you know, a little more specific. So you got into the group here in 2020. How's, uh, how's the, uh, you know, the building out the team going, how's, you know, deal finding going, how's all that going for you so far? Yeah, it's definitely challenging. I think, you know, one thing I knew was going to happen, uh, but didn't know how it was going to happen was, you know, when, when I set the goal for myself, I, I figured there's going to be things that were unexpected that were going to, you know, come along. Um, 
And so I think there's something new that, that I'm learning every day as I work through this. But, uh, you know, one thing I, yeah, I found clarity a, a little bit ago, probably a, a month ago on, uh, what it is that I wanted to pursue. And you mentioned it with raising capital, you know, one of the modules in the mastermind Academy talks about, you know, what the different roles are, whether it's, you know, being the deal finder or the underwriter or the, uh, asset manager, asset manager, or, you know, someone that's raising capital for the deal. And it took me some time to kind of come across that. And, um, I think one of the challenges was just narrowing in what I wanted to do, um, and then on the raising capital side, um, you know, I originally set a goal for uh, five months to raise five hundred thousand, uh, and then I came across this uh, which I just started yesterday. So uh, I'm hoping that that can kind of compress uh, my my goal a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, so just working through working through that at this time. Awesome. So, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I hear um, from a, a lot of people first getting started is, um, again, the limiting belief that, you know, they don't know anybody who has money, right? Or they don't know who may, anybody that they can tap or, you know, they don't have any rich friends or anything. So how are you overcoming that in your own life to, you know, build out this, this pool of investors that potentially wouldn't want to invest with you? Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great question. I think, um, one of the things that I've learned is that uh, you really have to put yourself out there and just share with the world what it is that you're doing. Um, Susan Laster Lyons talks about it in her book, uh, much about, uh, the secret identity. And, um, you know, as investors, a lot of times our secret identity is uh, being an investor you know, most people see us as like our day job, you know, whether you're a submariner or, or a Coast Guard aviator, it's like, well, no one knows you as that investor. So just getting comfortable with telling people like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a multifamily investor. Um, you know, we're taking down deals this year and, you know, we're looking for partners. So um, I'd love to see how we can collaborate. And um, so that's just one thing that I've been trying to do is just tell everyone that I can, uh, you know, what I'm doing and, you know, if, you know, eventually someone's going to be like, Hey, you know, I'm, I've been looking to invest for a while. Thank you for approaching me with this opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's, it's kind of my takeaway right now is just share with everyone. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's scary. It's scary getting started and being like, Oh, like you know, who are the, who are these people that, I, that I'm talking to and why would they, you know, trust me with their, with their money. Right. I'm just some random guy who's just starting to raise capital but um i think it's really a testament to you know the the people that we work with and you as an individual investor that um you know even even without a solid track record right you're able to be to bring knowledge you're able to educate people you're able to you know bring bring experience and other means you know through partners most you know most likely um to to have someone feel comfortable to trust you you know with mm -hmm. with their money and i think that's uh you know, it's not necessarily something to take lightly, but I think it's, it's, um, it's a common struggle for a lot, for a lot of guys, uh, is, you know, trying to find that capital and, you know, keeping the kind of the stream going and digging your well. So, um, that's awesome. And, and I think that, uh, you, it sounds like you're doing a good job of that. So, and, you know, like I mentioned, um, uh, you not having a track record obviously is a little bit of a hindrance to you. So how are you kind of filling those gaps, 
uh, with, uh, you know, the experience you need, um, you know, and all these other kind of GP roles that need to be filled for you. How are you filling that on, on your team and uh, making sure you're, you're building out the best team you can? Yeah, that's definitely one of the challenges that I am facing right now. And I think, um, my, well, my current approach is to just continue, continue to network, continue to, um, you know, figure out who, you know, what experienced operators, what experienced indicators have uh, the same goals and criteria that I'm looking for. Um, and that way, you know, when I'm talking to, um, you know, potential investors and I can share with them, like, hey, I am currently working through vetting uh, experienced operators to give you the best returns. Um, you know, are you, will you be interested in, in seeing the deals that they do in order to, uh, you know, to see if you would like to, uh, to, to invest in this opportunity. And so I think it's just like, like you just mentioned a second ago, and I listened to one of your podcasts about, um, you know, building and digging your well. And so that's kind of what I'm working on right now is just digging that well. And, um, you know, just continuing to network with, uh, those who know more, those who are, uh, experienced and, uh, you know, seeing how I can add value to them. Absolutely. I think that's really smart. Um, you know, the, the path that you're kind of following and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's wearing a lot of different hats, especially when you're getting started, wearing a lot of different hats and trying to figure out like what you're, what you're actually doing, drinking from the fire hose. So, uh, it sounds like you're doing kind of an admiral, an admiral job of, of doing that. Um, you know, on the topic of partnerships, uh, I think it's, every person is different in how they, um, I guess, filter out or determine what partners they're going to work with. Um, whether that's, you know, I know some people do it on a faith-based type of thing. Uh, some people do it on principles or types of jobs. Uh, you know, some people only work with partners that they've known for, you know, years um, and have like a really good relationship with. So how are you kind of going through that, uh, that calculus um, and that interaction with partners to figure out, yes, this is a good person to work with, not a good person to work with. Um, what, what's kind of going on in your mind as you're, as you're vetting these guys? I think all of the above, Anthony, I mean, you know, you talked about uh, morals and ethics that they might have. You talked about uh, track record and experience. Um, you, know, you mentioned relationships that, that are had. And I think it's, I think it's a combination of all the above. Um, and it's, you know, because like, you, you, you brought it up about being entrusted and having the responsibility of other people's money. And so you, you do have to do your due diligence on, um, you know, your partners that you're working with and it's not overnight like it takes time uh you know to um uh, to vet and to see if this is a partner that you want to work with you know if this is a person that you uh will rely on and, and have the confidence that you know they're going to do what they say they're going to do um so i think you know a lot of it is is you know do they have the the, the same ethics do you have the same goals that are aligned um and then and it just takes time i think and uh and with time, you know, there comes patience. So, um, as much as I'm trying to hustle and, and to, to build those relationships, relationships, I know that, uh, patience is going to be key. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, uh, I think that's really smart what you're talking about there and, and not jumping on, on board with someone cause they're the first person that you meet that has experience or kind of fills a lot of, a lot of your buckets that you need, you know, filled to, you know, build out your track record or have experience or, you know, whatever. 
Um, so before we end the snapshot round, one quick, one more question for you. What's the number one quality that you're looking for in a partner? I think integrity. Integrity is probably number one. Um, just because, you know, you no one's going to want to work with someone who's, who's dishonest, right? Because like, uh, you know, you're responsible for millions of dollars. Uh, you're responsible for an asset that has people, hundreds of people living in them. Um, so I think integrity is key. You just want someone, you want to work with someone who's honest, uh, someone who's trustworthy, someone who's reliable. And I think uh, integrity kind of embodies <laughs> those kind of attributes. That's awesome. No, I, I love that. I think that's, that's a really, really smart answer there as well. Oh, awesome. All right. Uh, Adrian, ready for the snapshot round? Sure. Let's get it. All ahead, plank, cavitate, snapshot, tube, tube. All right, here we go. All right, Adrian, what is your number one failure in real estate? Number one failure in real estate is um, not getting the education um, before taking action. Uh, I, uh, we, when my wife and I moved to Hawaii, we uh, bought a, a condo in Waikiki and didn't know too much. And uh, it's actually not that great of an investment. So uh, that's a whole other podcast, but I know this is the, the fast <laughs> round. So I'll save, I'll save that for a later time. <laughs> no, no, I, I love it. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a common, uh, a common trap that military guys run into is that they move to a due duty station and they think they have to buy something. And I think it's going to be a great investment and it's going to rent out when they leave in it. <laughs> And then they find out three years later when they're actually leaving that it was not a great investment, um, you know, and they may be lucky to even rent it out for, for, you know, enough to cover the mortgage. But yeah, like I said, whole nother episode on that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see as an active duty investor, what advice do you have for other military investors to be successful? Um, I think uh, just strive for excellence, but uh, you know, pace yourself because, you know, we have so many time demands that, you know, you do have to, do your W2 job. You do have to do your, you know, Navy or Coast Guard job. Um, you have to do it well. And uh, I think that is vitally important because you don't want to be the guy who, you know, is maybe skirting work or not, you know, not getting the job done and your supervisors ask why. And they're like, oh, he's, you know, too busy with real estate investing. Um, and then at the same time, you know, you might have a family. And so, um, that's another area where you have to be excellent, whether you're a husband or your father or, uh, you know, whatever your role or vocation in life is, it's like, be excellent. You know, I, I think that's, that's an amazing answer. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that, um, it's an answer I've never actually heard before. And, and I think it goes back to what you talked about with integrity, right? If you're, if you have signed up to do a job, a W2 job to, you know, defend, support and defend your, the constitution and, you know, serve your country, <laughs> then, uh, you know, that's an obligation that you have, right? And, and whether you're planning on getting out or staying in and or doing real estate, you know, as a side hustle or full time when you get out, right? Your, our obligation is our obligation while we're still in. And, and I think that's a, a really great answer is to, is to be excellent in, in everything that you do, right? Um, and your obligations to the Navy or to, you know, the Coast Guard, your obligations to your family, and, you know, obviously, your obligations to the business you're trying to build. So I think that's a freaking awesome answer. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. What inspired you to serve your country? Oh man, this is a whole nother podcast, but I'll try to be quick since it's a snapshot round, but uh, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. So when I was a senior in high school, I was really focused on playing basketball and uh, 
was approached by recruiters for the Coast Guard Academy and Marching Marine Academy and had no idea what the military was. Um, but it was really all about both opportunities and didn't know how to choose. So I just kind of asked God to close one of the doors. And he did and saw it as an answered prayer and just kind of walked through the door of the Coast Guard Academy and uh, super blessed to be in the Coast Guard because it's definitely been a great time and uh, a lot of great missions and uh, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of great uh, duty stations as well. So <laughs> Absolutely. Do you, uh, do you still play basketball? Can't imagine that you find too many courts available on a Coast Guard cutter. Oh man, no, we, I do play basketball still. Um, I, you know, it's a little bit harder having a, a 10 month old uh, to find the time to get to the court. But uh, whenever anyone texts me that, that there's a game going on, I'm there. So <laughs> awesome. I love it, man. I love it. All right. And then last question for you, Adrian, what is your dream? My dream is to lead uh, my wife and my son and you know, as we continue to build our family, uh, you know, the rest of our family, uh, to, you know, to heaven, um, you know, as Christians, we are, um, you know, called as men to be leaders and, uh, you know, we're called to, to, you know, glorify the God and everything we do. So you know, my goal is, you know, to arrive at the, at the pearly gates and for, you know, our God to say, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant, um, you know, you know, welcome home. And I hope that he says the same thing for, you know, my wife and for, you know, my family and, uh, and for their families as well. Um, and so that's, that's my, you know, that's the end goal. Uh, but there's a lot of goals in between there. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's tremendous. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a great, uh, um, it's a, it's a great goal to kind of guide all aspects of your life, you know, rather than just specific business related or military related. I mean, it's, it's, it's guiding your whole life. Um, and I think that's amazing that you've, you've kind of found the clarity to, um, you know, have this kind of framework for your decision-making and how you lead your life and how you interact with others. Um, that's, you know, outside of yourself and kind of a higher purpose. So I think that's amazing. And it's awesome. Good. Awesome dream there. Uh, awesome. Adrian. And, uh, you know, this has been a tremendous episode. I think you've, you've provided a lot of, uh, of, um, I think common thoughts when it comes to first getting started and kind of a lot of, a lot of fears. And, and I think you've done a good job of kind of um, assuaging a lot of those and, and finding the right resources to, to push through regardless of that. So I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people that want to reach out to you. So if people want to contact you, how can they go about doing that? I think the best way right now is LinkedIn. Uh, I'm, I try, I'm trying to step up my LinkedIn game. So uh, I'd love to connect with, with anyone to share my experience and hear about theirs. So yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best way. Perfect. And is it just your name on LinkedIn? Yeah, Adrian Chukliangi. Chukliangi, got it. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> awesome, Adrian. Again, thank you for, for coming on and talking with us today. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, it's been great. I think you provide a lot of value. So um, thanks again. And please stay safe back in the States. And Best of luck in uh, your multifamily <laughs> career. And, you know, hopefully by, by the time I get out, I'll, I'll see you have built out your, your huge empire around the country. <laughs> being active no. duty, so that's awesome. So best of luck, man. Thank you, Anthony. I really appreciate you having on the show. And uh, yeah, stay, stay safe out there in, in Japan and uh, look forward to seeing your empire as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for listening. 
If you are a military investor and found this episode of the Lessons in Real Estate show packed with great information, tell your friends and leave a five-star rating on your listening platform. Every comment is read and appreciated. Don't forget to check out our weekly episodes of PCI Teaches, brought to you by Pinto Capital Investments. Learn about basic and advanced topics in real estate investing. Catch updates on Anthony's journey through Learn and Teach segments. And listen to the tales of other military investors and real estate professionals every week. We'll catch you next time on the Lessons in Real Estate show.